Hello and welcome to Saladcast. Myself, Ollie, and Glyn, as always. How are you doing, Glyn? I'm okay, yeah. We're, we're post-Christmas now, aren't we? I've obviously had two games over the Christmas period, which leave us with much to discuss, Ollie. <laughs> yeah, there's certainly plenty to discuss. Um, and yeah, we'll, so we've got the Rotherham game to talk about, mm. obviously the Bolton game to talk about. Um, we'll try and go through both games and then we're kind of, there's a theme um, progressing on the fan base, among ourselves. Um, so we'll try and have a bit of a discussion about kind of where Shrewsbury are at the moment and our kind yeah. of general views on the team and setup and things like that. Um, but there's a few things just to kind of say. So, I mean, thanks for all your positive feedback about the Dave Edwards interview that we did, our first yeah, ever yeah. player interview. So it was quite a, a marker for us. And we've got some really nice comments from, from lots of Shrewsbury Town fans. So really big thank you um, for the comments and from non Shrewsbury Town fans as well. So shared some nice comments. So that's really nice to see. It's been it's been well received by lots of different people. And thanks for the listens. And then also we went on um, BBC Shropshire this week, didn't we? Which was a lot of fun, Glenn, don't you think? Yeah, it was good, actually. Yeah, both both things were fantastic things to do. Dave Edwards was an absolute gent, wasn't he, as, as I've been telling everybody this week. And um, you're right on the feedback. I, I mean, I've bumped into a few town fans who'd listened to it. Um, obviously, we, we put it out between the two podcasts we've done covering games, and they were really positive about it, you know, at the game yesterday. And, yeah, kind of cursed Edwards because he didn't play, did he? But, um, um, but, no, that was fantastic to do. And then, yeah, we went on Radio Shropshire with Lewis Cox and Mark Elliott to talk about um, 2019, really. And, and it was fair, I think, what we said on that, Ollie, about if you take it from you know the start of 2019 to where we are now, there has been progress at the football club. You know, We've become harder to beat. We're picking up more points than we were before. You had some interesting stats your wife had put together, which was hilarious. Um, and so I think it was, it was a generally positive thing. But I think when you talk about the themes of what we're going to discuss about these last two games, we also talked about that, didn't we? And I think it's stuff that we've possibly been talking about and for, for a few weeks now. And it, again, it's sort, sort of crystallising with the two results we've had this week. So yeah, I, I, it's been really fun. The, the stuff we've done with the podcast and, and on the radio this week and um, both are available to listen to still. If you look listen to one on the BBC Sounds app and, and our, our, our Dave Edwards podcast will be up there for forever, Ollie. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it was interesting in the discussion that Mark Kelly was definitely in a cheeky mood. He was. Trying to get Lewis Cox in trouble. <laughs> um, and I thought it was quite nice actually the way that we've like, the discussion has moved on in the last few weeks about kind of now kind of questioning about like what should we do and we'll we'll come to that discussion yeah. um, after we've done the two games. So I guess it's probably about time we get into the action. Rather in front of thousands of their fans at this end of Wembley. It's ball. Henderson comes up with the goods for Shrewsbury Town. So the first game over Christmas was Boxing Day. Um, I rolled up there with a with a belly full of leftovers, Ollie, as usual, as, as you find on Boxing Day. But um, nice to have a home game on Boxing Day after three away games on Boxing Day recently. So nice to be able to just go down the road to watch a match. Um, but yes, we unfortunately lost 2-1 to Rotherham United, who are essentially our bogey team now, Ollie. Um, and yeah, Aaron Pierre scored on 66 minutes for us, but that was a, an equaliser after Matic had scored on 60 for Rotherham. And then a, a bit of a horrible goal on 97 minutes from Matt Smith um, to, to win the game for Rotherham. So... Reasonable crowd, 7,500, a good Boxing Day crowd. Um, shame we didn't give them a bit more to celebrate. And uh, it was at that point in time, 11th versus 8th, Ollie. So it was one of those sort of um, upper mid-table clashes that we've, we've kind of been having over recent weeks. Um, and yeah, team selection was O'Leary. Um, the back three were Ebanks, Landell, Pierre and Beckles. Love and Goldborn as the wingbacks. Um, and Laurent, Walker... Um, as the the deeper midfielders and then Wally and Edwards supporting Okunabiri up front the mm-hmm. main surprise Ollie was obviously uh, mm-hmm. Norburn being ill which we didn't really know about we'd assumed he'd come back and get his place wouldn't we yeah you would have thought so but in some ways Walker maybe deserved to keep his place mm-hmm. as well yeah he'd he done well at Blackpool and, and and had been effective I suppose um, and we'll come to his performance as we go through it but yeah I mean it's one of those ones, isn't it? It's a bit of a, of a toss-up who supports Hockenaberry or if it's him or Cummins or Doe really, that starts up front. It could be Wally Edwards. Uh, Laurent can be further forward. I mean, it's difficult to pick a favourite in that role at the moment. Yeah, no one's particularly impressing, but 
yeah, there's probably not enough support for Rock and Ibira. I feel a bit sorry for him. He didn't really have any chances. No. Um, poor bloke. <laughs> no, poor bloke. In terms of actually, it's quite a nice segue into kind of summary of the first half. It's one of the rare times watching the extended highlights back just to do a bit of pod prep that we didn't have any chances or any possession in the highlights. Oh God. <laughs> um, which is pretty rare and just says a lot about the game. I think it's fair to say Morris had quite a busy um, first um, first half. Um, he had a few good chances. Yeah. Um, a point blank save from O'Leary. And I think it's fair to say that Shallop couldn't, didn't, and or wouldn't <laughs> pass the ball. Um, it was a very... Yeah, so what was your view of the first oh, half then? Like, we could literally run through this half in a couple of minutes, couldn't we? Because it was well, we are going absolutely to. dire half of football. And Rotherham weren't much cop either in that half. It was very Boxing Day, wasn't it? It was very low-key. I mean, the players obviously don't have a day off. They go in and train, so it was never really an excuse. But, you know, there wasn't a lot of energy in the crowd. There certainly wasn't a lot of energy on the pitch. Rotherham probably shaded that half. They did have a couple of half-decent chances. Carl Morris looked a bit dangerous at times. Um, but, yeah, I think that's right, to be fair. I mean... It was poor, and, and town weren't great in terms of the the energy levels were low. There was nowhere near the pressing that in our best performances we've shown. The the attacking unit was disparate. It was disjointed. It wasn't anywhere near on the same level. You know, poor Edwards and Wally. Some of their passes were very, I, I don't know. They were they were off target a little bit. Uh, Walker probably was the most impressive midfielder in the first half, but only because he was doing the grotty stuff and trying to break up um, Rotherham a bit more than Laurent, I think. But overall, it was it was a real tough watch again. One to forget. Yeah. Yeah, which is why you just asked me a question about it and I'd almost forgotten. (laughs) Yeah, let's move on, let's move on. So second half, um, didn't really start that well for Shrewsby either again. Um, Another poor performance. Um, Wally was booked for a high tackle, kind of went over the ball. I think it was a bit of an accident, but he got booked, which is no surprise. They tried to get him set off Um, then, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, not not a big fan of Rotherham. Um, (laughs) All their fans. And then, um, yeah, then um, basically, then they had a couple of attacks and they had a corner. Wasn't um, which Morris headed out because okay. he had went out for a poor corner, but the ref the line the referee decided to give them another corner, even though it's clearly a Morris head. And from that corner, they scored, um, which mm. is really really frustrating because it wasn't a corner. It wasn't a corner, no. And, and ten players. I mean, I remember Edwards going right up to the referee, telling them it's it's not. A O'Leary corner. was going, mad. and the ref was having none of it. I thought the ref was we'll comes out in a bit. I thought he was pretty poor, but um. Yeah, it was nice to hear Alexa in the background telling you were right there about it not being a corner. <laughs> I, could, I, could... I don't. I never even said anything with Siri. I don't know why it does it sometimes. It does it when I'm a call with work. It just starts talking to me. <laughs> well, there you go. It's Siri's first appearance on the podcast, Ollie. I don't know if we'll get sued for that. Um, but yes, it, it was disappointing. And I say, they, they, you were right just to bring it back to before the goal. They, they, they'd had a little bit of pressure in that five minutes before, hadn't they? And it, it did feel a little bit like if one team was going to score, it was going to be them. And we've often lamented Town not scoring when they have their best possession in games. Rotherham did and I think that's probably the tell between the two teams is that when we had reasonable spells in the game we, we didn't score and, and that's been across the season we've missed so many chances in the in the parts of the games where we've been doing well um, Rotherham did do a bit of pressure they did okay in that period their, their midfield got on top a little bit and then they scored off the back of it I mean corner was it was a corner so it's hard to, hard to judge it too much on that but you did feel like it was them that were going to get ahead because um, we really were still struggling for me in that second half yeah we struggled throughout the game to, to do anything positive with the ball Um and yeah, it was, it was, and to be honest, did you, I don't know, five minutes later, six minutes later, um, Pierre scored. Uh, so it's a free kick taken by Worley. The ball comes across to Goldborn. Um, Scott Goldborn then crosses the ball and Pierre heads it home. Um, and I don't know, was it against a run of play? Was there really a run of play in this game? No. Um, but yeah, we were back in the game and obviously then we had an opportunity. But for me, that's where you start to get a little bit frustrated um, because you know you're you're playing against a team which is basically just a 
big bunch of units. Like, they'll remind me of the Bolton side under Parkinson. Mm -hmm. um, and they're just all absolutely massive. Even the fullbacks are over six foot. Um, the whole team is huge. And there's only one real playmaker kind of in the team. Number 11 plays in central midfield. And it was just very, very stagnated in our style of play. And it was just a little bit disappointing for me that Giles only came on on the 78th, 79th minute, mm. um, which is a bit of frustration. Um, but, yeah, we, we, you know, this game should have been a draw. You know, And I think a draw was probably a fair result overall. Yeah, it's not... But it's not. I have to say that they had a lot more chances than <laughs> they did. They did, yeah. I mean, Rotherham fan wouldn't say that because Lopado no. missed an absolute sitter, didn't he, when it was 1-1. And so they could easily have been 1-2-1 one, one, one up then. And obviously they left it late to get their winner. But even after we scored and they missed that chance, they must have been thinking, oh, we have we should be ahead here. We should be winning this. So away at Shrewsbury, we've had enough chances. I'd feel like that if I was a Rotherham fan. Yeah, and I think it's probably just my... Town specs. My, no, not town specs. My specs of liking watching passing football. Mm. And I don't like these. That's why I'm not really a very big fan of Wickham. Because I don't like these kind of teams that just play boring, pragmatic, long ball, who fit set piece football teams. And they're effectively a set piece football team. And we kind of play to their. The referee didn't help because he gave away a lot of fouls which weren't fouls. And then he didn't give us a foul, which then ended up clear, turning into them scoring a goal, um, which is really frustrating. Um, but you're right to say they had more chances. Probably is a bit unfair to say that they, they did deserve to win in terms of chances. They did. But I just don't like the way they go about no. it. I don't like their style. But they're, they're not as bad as Wickham. I thought they did play some neat football no, at times. No, they're not and, as bad as Wickham. You know, Carl, but Carl they've got Morris, better players than Wickham as well, though. I was about to say, Carl Morris is a big target man, but he's also a useful footballer, Ollie. You know, we saw it when he was with us. He had good feet. He had good ability. You know, he had different skills to a, a bloke who just stick up front and, and hope he just heads it onto someone every five minutes. Um, and, you know... You, but they have more resources than Wickham. Oh, yeah. and, they have, and if they're a team that have aspirations to play in the championship they've done this they've done this a couple of times now playing this style of football it doesn't work so I just find it a little bit odd that they're you know Burton didn't play this way Burton have less resources than Rotherham and played you know played more effective football more a pleasing football and had a bit better so I don't know I just found it's a bit of an odd odd approach um, to take um, because Bolton did the same under Parkinson and that, how did that turn out? Yeah, but Wickham and Rotherham are both doing it this season and they're both above us so it gives you a... It, it, you know, I just, and, and, and in fairness, Bolton Ollie, and we've got to be quite... Um, introspective of our own team a lot of away fans will look at Shrewsbury this season and think oh, oh yeah. they're getting these results every now and again one nils but I wouldn't like it if my team did it like that you know what you're saying about... hold, hold that there hold that thought it's there it's very true though isn't it we'll come back to yeah. it won't we no I think it's a really good point it's something we'll come back to in a moment yeah. um, but let's just finish this game off I think um, so basically we should have had a foul near the halfway line the referee didn't give it um, and then Wally failed to clear the ball God knows what he was doing oh, um, he has not had a good Christmas <laughs> Um, and then basically they basically they get the ball into the box it's headed over blah 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 they score cue idiots running on the pitch and then for some reason I really would love to know but I can't be bothered to email the club um, why was a fan allowed to taunt our fans for nearly a minute mm. and then got put, then was allowed back in why wasn't he arrested or done something like kicked him out or something I don't know it just seems a bit I don't know. It just it doesn't seem like a very good deterrent because they know they can do that again next time. As a football club, we seem to get a, a, more than our fair share of pitch invasions of goals from the away end, don't we? And, and you do wonder whether somewhere along the line it's going to get us into trouble one day because it happens pretty much a couple of times every season with you know a late winner. I can't think of a time where we went in the her season where we scored you know a late winner, all those ones where we had, and we ran on anyone's pitch. We didn't run on Rotherham's pitch when we scored that late winner there. We didn't do it at Doncaster no, on the Doncaster, Tuesday night. You know no. why is it that it always happens at our stadium? And I do think that. That there is an, an argument to say that there's a low-key 
stewarding of away ends. And actually, they, they get a lot of credit, credit, don't they? You know, the away, the away yeah. France stewards, you know, helping the away. It's great. But when there is the, the slight feeling or tinge of potentially something kicking off when a, a late goal is scored, it doesn't seem to be there's ever enough stewards there. And it's, sometimes it's only the, you know, the hard men that run at each other but then take 10 steps back as soon as they get close to people. Sometimes that's the only thing that really stops it being worse. But it is bloody galling because, you know, we've had it happen quite a few times, haven't we, over the years? And. Oh, I hate it, and and I hate it even more when it's Rotherham fans. And God, they just must think we're just such an easy team to play now. The playoff final, beating us four 0 at home early this season. You know, winning at their place, beating us again. You know, they beat us three times this season. And going back to one of the things you said right at the start about their physicality and how they play, it it can't have been a surprise. They were. I went to watch that League Cup game where they played like that. They played exactly like they did then, Ollie. Physically, I know. Hard. So we must have known that was going to happen. Exactly, yeah. and that's why for me it's frustrating that um, Giles didn't come on earlier. Yeah, um, yeah. But, I, but the risk of repeating ourselves, um, let's maybe kind of tie this game up and then <laughs> after the Bolton game we can have a bit of a more discussion about yeah. how, we're, how I, we're playing. I would just round off by saying great. it was good edit by Pierre for the goal, to be fair, and that was probably our best move of the game. And no surprise, again, that he's number one in both of our top threes. So, Pierre, yeah, he was my, my man of the match, Charlie. We'll move on to that because this game ruined my boxing day, if I'm honest with you. Um, so, yeah... Really good performance. The goal, the goal was uh, a sort of cap the good performance that he had. But I thought he did really well in in mainly dealing with Carlton Morris um, and the good strikers they've got. Obviously, they bought Carl Vassal on, who's an ex-Town striker as well, didn't they? Who wasn't really that much good for us and <laughs> didn't really look much good for them either. But um, yeah, he did really well. His overall performance level seems to be the most consistent I think now this season. We used to say it was Love. We used to say it was Giles when he first started at the season. But I think now as the season is continuing on. It's Pierre and it's Ebanks Landell. They're the ones whose level has not dropped for me across the whole season. So, you know, it's fair that they're the ones that are sort of up in our salop cast um, player of the season, Ollie. But I also thought Beckles coming in, you know, again for, for this game was really good. And I think that that was one lesson that Ricketts had learned in terms of their physicality. This was definitely a better game to play Beckles than it was to play Roshorn. Um, and, and his physicality was really good. Again, there was a few times where he shouldered Cart Morris off the ball. Um, obviously, knows how he plays a little bit more than maybe the other players. And I thought he was fantastic in terms of the defensive performance. And I went for Goldborn, um, really good and solid at the back. And again, just he is really offering much more of, a, of an attacking option now sometimes than even even Love is. Um, so yeah, I was impressed with his performance as well. So three defenders, Ollie doesn't doesn't really change most weeks out at the moment. No, um, I went for Goldborn second again because yeah. he had a good shift. Uh, I went for Walker because I thought he had a decent performance. But I think that's also just laments how poor they were. We're going to be a little bit um, a little bit critical of maybe Lewis Cox. Maybe he's been a little oh, bit political probably. here because he gave um, the team sixes and sevens, which I think was very very generous. Yeah, and we, we we picked top threes, but some of the some of the performances were very poor. Like Laurent has been having a purple patch up until the Christmas period. Yeah, you know when we look at these two games this week, I think he's been poor, and this was probably the worst of the two performances. I don't don't think he's he's, he's just come off those levels he was reaching, and he's played a lot of minutes. Yeah. I was just looking. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's played uh, one thousand nine um, one thousand nine hundred seventy two minutes. Uh, O'Leary um, is is second, and then Pierre. Um, and Pierre's got 1,755. So, you know, he's paid over 200 more minutes than Pierre. Yeah. Which is kind of... And then he's paid 400 minutes more than Josh Laurent. That, that just put into context how much football he's played. So I, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure you'd agree that, you know, he's allowed a little bit of off form after such a good half season so far. It will, yeah. But, you know, he's... he's... You know, maybe he'll be, maybe he'll get arrested for the Bristol City game. Who knows? And and they'll yeah. all have to have one, won't they, at the moment? But and and in terms of you know, we've talked about how good the defence were in general. But you know, the Wally Edwards Fay combination, it 
didn't fill me with much hope. We talked about how isolated yeah. Faye was. It wasn't great, but I, d- I didn't see a great deal out of Wally across the game. Um, obviously, the mistake at the end. He did lose us the game. Let's be honest about it for their, for their for their goal. He can clearly clear that ball. You just put your laces through it. It's 1-1, and, 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 and that's fine on Boxing Day. You know We'll be happy with that after winning two. But just losing that game changed the context, really, of, of going into the Bolton game. It made it more difficult, I think. And, and poor old Dave, we interviewed him, but he, he didn't stand out, unfortunately, and I... Uh, you know he's our friend of ours now, isn't he? So I don't want to be too hard on him. We'll be we'll be accused of softballing any poor Dave Edwards performances, but it wasn't his best. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No. Um, so what did Ricketts have to say? It was a tough one to take. Um, and basically, yeah, we had the euphoria of um, scoring the last minute against Coventry last time, and today it went against us. Um, I didn't think we were great, but I didn't think we deserved to lose the game. We didn't deserve to win it either, to be mm. honest. Um, they're a big side with six or seven lads going to the box every time. That's what cost us conceding two goals. And yeah, he just goes to say a little bit of our quality let us down today. And we gave the ball away too cheaply in attacking third. But ultimately, it's just disappointing to lose. So yeah, we share that sentiment. It was a bit crap. Yeah. And, and yeah, Boxing Day was over. <sighs> um, and yeah, yeah, just yeah. Disappointing. That was it. Really. It was disappointing. Yeah, disappointing. And then just again, Rotherham. And yeah, probably onto from Rotherham onto my probably my my least favourite team in the division. Bolton Wonders. <laughs> from, from, from low to very low, Ollie. We'll move on to the yeah. Bolton game. Yes, what a goal! Oh, oh my God! He waited for that one to come down. Oh, what a goal! They opened that one up for him like a Christmas card. So, Sunday the 29th of December, Bolton Wonders 1, True to Town 1. Um, a goal in the first half for Bolton and a goal in the second half for True to Town uh, meant the points were shared. Um, it was a solid attendance, obviously, for a League One level um, of nearly 14,000 with over 1,000 Salopians. But yeah, it's a, it's a big stadium, obviously. Didn't 13. look very much, yeah. No, it didn't look that, that busy. In terms of going into the game, Bolton were on a good run of form and they'd taken 10 points out of 12 at home. Team selection, um, O'Leary and um, Williams came back in for Beckel. Mm. So uh, Williams, um, Ebanks, Pierre in the back three. Um, we had Love, Goldburn, fullbacks again. Um, and then we had Laurent and, and Norburn was back in central field playing against his hometown team. Um, and then a bit different. I don't know whether um, Sam Ricketts was listening to BBC Shropshire. <laughs> and we had Worley um, and Giles supporting mm. the dough up front, um, which in theory is a good idea. Um, Not in practice. <laughs> but, yeah. So before we kind of get into the game, um, Glyn, um, Mr. Keith Hill, former of Rochdale and lower league manager had the audacity Amazing. to... Um, so Bolton Wanderers um, should have been kicked out of the league because their previous owners effectively said that the sale was going to go through. It didn't go through for a matter of weeks after the sale had been done. As soon as Bolton Wanderers were brought, the company that owns them took out a £20 million loan um, from one of these companies that offers a nice 4% interest, not from a bank. And he had the audacity to take a swipe at Shrewsbury, questioning where did they get their money from? <laughs> We haven't got any money. What's he talking about? You know, we're not. We're obviously financially well run, and, and a football club that does things the right does things the right way might not be the most entertaining way of doing it. But I'd rather that than Macclesfield or Chester or Hereford or Crew. So you know, what, unnecessary these, attack. Bloody ridiculous. Incorrect. Incorrect. Yep. Um, and I guess you know he's obviously doing this for his own agenda, which must be to try and dampen expectations of Bolton Wanderers fans. I assume going into this game. Yeah, exactly. And to be fair, you took a twenty million pound loan out. You could buy Shrewsbury Town Football Club with that much money. So it's a bit, it's a bit bizarre, isn't it? That they've they've got that money. It's more than we've got. Anyway, 
There we go. But I think it's, it's just it. to clear up all the mess. Yeah, um, exactly. And yeah. all the wages and stuff. And obviously, think about Sunderland. They've got that problem where they basically their chairman can't afford to run the club and they've yeah. still got the massive wage bill. So, yeah, God knows what the mess of the, their finances is. They'll be back in the same trouble um, a few years. And I, I was being yeah. facetious, to be fair, but I'm just saying, you yeah. know, we're, we're never going to need to take 20 bloody million quid out to rescue any problems we cause because we won't get in them in the first place. But it was all very weird. And um, if we ever need another manager, I won't be looking for Keith Hill. He can, he can go whistle, frankly. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's, he's he's not my yeah. He's not a manager I'm particularly keen on, and he doesn't really fit with our philosophy he, anyway. Well, he might like to come and work with our huge wage budget and transfer budget we have, Ollie. You know, as 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 we're now a money bags team. <laughs> yeah, talking of big signings, our big Telford striker started up front yeah. signed for mega money. I say that team. It's not um, it's not the most expensively assembled team ever, is it? With the loans and, and an ex Telford striker and a, a guy who's played in the lower leagues who we got on a free. So I don't know. Very odd. Playing for his own agenda, Ollie. I think you're completely right. But the team was interesting. So. Just before yeah. we go back to it, Ollie, was we were talking about, you know, the back four over the last few months about, you know, which one would you play? And the back what, sorry? The back the back four. <laughs> I wish. The back three def centre backs. Um yeah, in terms of who gets the nod and why in the wherefores for it. And I and I think this week kind of showed in some respects, why we do what we do in terms of you play Beckles because he's more physical against a physical Rotherham squad, but you bring Roshan in against a weak Bolton team on the principle that you hope that this is a game where he can utilise ah, his pace. They're not that weak. Ah. That's not. Nah, let's be accurate. So since they've spent all that money and they've got players on loan from Sheffield United and they've got Belgian wingers and they've brought got Emmanuel on loan from Ipswich, you know, they've mm. they've got a decent squad and their points and their form and stuff. You know, they've got 10 of the, 10 of the last 12 points at home. Um, you know, they're not, uh, their position is false, isn't it? Because of the, the, the minus they had and the fact that they gave, they gifted yeah, teams 5-0 at the start. Um, it's a bit disappointing actually that we've paid them this late because I would have loved to have got that free 5-0 yeah. win they were give, gifting earlier on this season. But they still, honestly, they still look like one of the worst football teams I've seen this season. Oh yeah, they're yeah. still, well they're it's awful. Bowling, isn't it? It's like, yeah. they're awful. Yeah. Um, they're an awful football team. Um, clearly Keith Hill isn't doing a very good job with them. But to say that they've got a weak, they're weak, I think that's not quite accurate. No, I, I would say they're weak on the evidence of watching them. And, and I know their results picked up, Ollie. I do agree with what you're saying. They're not the, the pushovers they were at the start of the season. But they're also a team that's come together reasonably recently. And you can tell they're a, they were a step behind town. I know this sounds mad because they drew and, and, you know... It's it's bizarre, but I honestly thought they were really, really poor, and they made so many errors and mistakes, and they got by on the quality of some of those players they had brought in, like Murphy, the guy that scored. You know, Emmanuel wasn't awful, but there were some young lads playing who didn't play very well. And this whole game, I, I'm I'm sitting here a day later, Ollie. Right, we'll get we'll get to it because I went out on the on the beers yesterday on the train there, so I'm pretty annoyed about this result, Ollie, and I won't swear yeah, on the podcast because no, I did it recently. Well. I, I'm miffed, totally miffed about this. And if, result. if you saw my Twitter feed, so I watched this game. Um, and yeah, it's fair to say I got a little bit angry as the game was going yeah. on and frustrated. And I think it's fair to say disappointed and frustrated yeah. is two words I used to summarise my when I did my full time tweet, which I do for the Salakast Twitter account. And as usual, when um, you go out on the beers, Ollie, on the train, uh, we had a big argument on the way back about how annoyed you should be about a result like that. Because it's fair to say, look at the league, look at what's gone on recently. We're not going to get relegated. This is still the best we've done other than the first season of League One for a long time. I get all of that. But even a day later, I'm reflecting on this game and the way it went. And, you know, I will take all the positives, as we usually do on this podcast, about where we are in the league and all that. That's great. Brilliant. I'm really happy with that. But this game really annoyed me. <laughs> so it's really let's funny get into it. You, like, we've, we've been obviously spending a lot of time, you, as you do with your family, spending a lot of time with my wife um, over, the last, over the last few weeks or so um, with Christmas. And, um, yeah, she, she basically she's been quite... Um, 
argumentative back having a discussion um, <laughs> about you know where we are and the fact that we're 12th in the league and she's saying that basically I'm being crit- too harsh um, but I don't think we are I mean I think we've got some good evidence in this game and Rotherham game to kind of back that up um, but I think it's fair to say actually Glenn and I don't know if you can remember this I don't know how, how much you'd have to drink at this point <laughs> too much. but we actually started really well we started the first five minutes we actually started on the front foot and I was sitting there with my cup of tea and a bit of cake thinking come on lads we can actually get something from this game yeah, I, I, they looked awful in that first five minutes. I thought we we're going to absolutely batter them. I thought they, they looked terrible. They were making so many errors. They didn't look like yep. they were in any kind. Scared of, in defence, didn't they? Massively, massively. And this is why the, how the rest of the game went is so befuddling. Because at that point, I would have thought, Christ, if we really get out these, we'll smash them, um, and we'll come to the, the five at the back thing later as the game progresses. But um, yeah, they they looked awful, and I, I was sitting there thinking, you know. I could do another pint, but also, uh, yeah, I think as soon as we get one here, they might collapse. We could go and have some fun here and get a win at Bolton for the first time in the 80s, do something historic again. I was I was, I was, was pretty confident after five minutes, but th- that confidence drained away so quickly after the first five minutes. Yeah. God. Yeah, and we awful. had the best chance we had. Um, so the keeper heads the ball outside the box and Wally has a shot and fires wide. Shocking. And then, yeah, then there was basically there was a counter-attack um, by um, Bolton um, across from the left flank. And Murphy headers over, and that was definitely the best chance um, um, of the game up to this point. He really, really should have scored. Um, should have scored that headed chance. They should have done. And and to me, they started to dominate. They started to dominate. They had so many corners. They kept getting corner. But after- why were they dominating the game? Because we were absolutely effing awful. We were terrible. Like yeah, unbelievably awful. Like some like Love and Warley could not pass to save their life. It was unbelievable. There was one run that Wally did where he just ran into the fullback. Yeah. The just worst, ran into him. There's the worst tackled. half. Like, it wasn't even a tackle. He didn't have to tackle. He just ran into him. I mean, we've had some boring halves of football. That was that was the worst half of football in terms of what we tried to do yeah. and, and it what, was terrible. what the game's gone. The this, application. This so, genuinely, I said on Twitter, um, and I haven't been drinking, I've been drinking tea, um, <laughs> that um, this is look, looks like a team that was hungover. <laughs> And it was a pub team. Seriously, it was. We were absolutely f-ing awful. We were. We were terrible. Um, and and there was some, if you if there was a football manager or FIFA or whatever, there would be some three out of tens where they were that bad. There was a massive, massive reason you could have subbed a few players off at half time. They got booed off at oh, half time. And I'm disappointed there wasn't any changes. No. I was gobsmacked. We were that poor. I imagine everything was flying in that dressing room teacups, bottles, bags bloody everything plates because it was diabolical mm, it wasn't great and and as I said they got booed off at half time and that was fair I thought when I was listening to it I, I didn't boo because I, I was already heading down to the concourse for another, for another beer but um, yeah I just thought I, and you know we're, we're saying oh they were effing awful without that much justification you, you've mentioned a few of the things there about the running into players the passing um, you know, when we were trying to impose our game on what what is a team that's coming together and that we should be trying to show we're better than, you know, you look at you look at where the respective teams are. Even if you take away they their lost seven one to Rackington Stanley, exactly, and that so, was yeah, only a week or so ago. Myself in a sense there, yeah. yeah. So they lost seven one to Rackington Stanley. Like then they're not there. They are. They, the recruitment has been no better, and they've got some decent players. But yeah, as you say, yeah, their results, um, you know, are a bit hit and miss. Um, but yeah. But- but Williams was there to be an extra man in midfield. He, you know, in this sort of game, he's there to come out a bit more and use that, you know, pace he's got and, and get forward a bit more than Beckles would have done if he'd have played. And and that's what frustrated me is Williams just stayed really deep with Ebanks, Landell, and Pierre the well, whole I wish of the he'd first half. Deeper in the second half. Well, yeah, for, for we'll sure. Well, for the goal. Anyway, but um, 
Yeah, and that's that's what frustrated me is that even with Beckles getting dropped for Williams, it didn't. We didn't play any differently. We, he didn't do anything no. differently. And and no, Laurent Norburn that, that first half. I, I honestly I can see why people just don't rate Norburn. Like he was better in the second half, and we'll come to that. And there was reasons why. He too, he, just, he um he uses too much energy. Man alive! I don't know whether he's actually instructing or motivated. But he looks like he's whinging all the time. It's one. It's, one of those games that we used to have, you know, and, and again, you take the constant leagues out when you're looking at a game like this. It's one of those games that we used to have under Askey where I was spitting feathers or late and melon days where you were just like, this is so bad. I, I sometimes find it hard to put it together as to what to say on the podcast because it's just so frustrating and annoying. But, you know, Lauren did nothing the first half. Wally was awful, as you mentioned. Giles is not his position. He shouldn't, he should never play there again. It's it's a total waste of a player playing him in that role. Um and a lot of things improved in the second half when we had the red man, 10 men and we we had more ball. That's fine. Obviously, that's going to happen. But up until that red card, you know, this this team, this formation, these players in this tactic, in the in the attacking five players, didn't work. It was awful. And Bolton, we must have been laughing their bollocks off at half-time, aren't we? Yeah. And before we... Yeah, so to cap this kind of half off... Um, Upset. Very sloppy defending <laughs> from, from Shrewsbury. Um, essentially, um, Lawrence um, tries to win a 50-50 um, in the centre of the of the park. Yep. Um, he loses out. Lovard ran forward at this point, assuming that um, Lawrence was going to win the tackle. He doesn't. Then, I don't know explain this. He's he's a young kid, so I don't want to be too harsh on him, but, so, but it is frustrating. Essentially, Williams is out of position. So basically, you've got um, Pierre in the middle, Ebanks on the left, um, and then you had Williams on the right central defender. He was out of position. The two of the central defenders were in line with each other. Williams is out of position. That meant that the ball went behind him to a player in a in a gap. Ebanks couldn't catch him. Um, and then basically um, their Belgian winger, Belinden, chips um, O'Leary. And I'm no expert on goalkeeping, so I did actually message um, Sam Morris today, who's who he himself possessed. He's no expert. <laughs> he's no expert he, on know, goalkeeping. He played, he played Sunday League goal, as a goalkeeper, so he knows more about goalkeeping than me and <laughs> I'm you. I'm only joking, so Sam. Yeah, I know you are. But he's better. It's a good place to ask. So I asked him what his opinion was, and he said... He was never going to get near the tacker, so his position meant he was in no man's land, which I think is a really good summary that O'Leary was out of his box. So from a defensive point of view, um, you know, it was not a good, and I describe it as a sloppy, unfortunate goal to concede. It happens. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not gonna be you know, not gonna be too critical of Williams. You know, he's only a young kid, but it was an unfortunate goal. It's to really concede. weird because I've not really seen Max O'Leary ever come that far of his goal ever. So it was a bit bit of a weird one, really. But um, yeah. He's taken a lot of clog again, O'Leary, for these two games. The late winner and that goal as well. Another load of. He seems to be one where I'm starting to see a bit more people like be really negative about him. And I'm, I don't I'm, see what he did against. He didn't do anything wrong against Rotherham. No, he didn't, and he got loads of pelters. Then there's no way we should be. And picking. who's he? And another thing, actually, just going on a tangent. People have a go about his distribution. Who is he supposed to kick it to? <laughs> there's no one so, to wait. So you've got this team. You've got Love and Goldborn, Wally, Giles, and Ado. Who is he supposed to kick it to? Steve Morrison. Who? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Who is he supposed to kick it to? So let's be fair to the kid. He's trying to play it up to a, like so some of these games Edwards, who it's not his forte <laughs> to win headers. So like let's get, let's give her let's let's be fair. Yeah, I agree. And if you're gonna give criticism to O'Leary, at least be accurate. He's kicking to a person whose strength is not there and her heading is not their strength. Mm. So I think it's mm. just a bit unfair and I think it's just a bit um it's a bit lazy to criticise his kicking when he's kicking to someone who's like a doe who tries really hard, but you know he's not a target man. No, I don't think his kick is that bad either. To be honest with you, so there we go. No, he's not. His kicking is actually really accurate. Yeah, yeah. But he's kicking to someone who's not going to win no, the header. Totally so he's had people yeah. criticising him. It's a cause and effect here, guys. And the fact is, we're not. We haven't got a target man. No, exactly. And and you know we've talked about how bad it was again. I was just looking back at my Twitter account what I was saying at the time. One of the things I did notice during the game was that Ricketts and um, and 
Barrow were out on the touchline the whole of that first half from about 10 minutes in when you could see things were going bad they were livid like I, I can understand that they were clearly annoyed with that performance as well it wasn't like oh well this is how we sent them out to play there was something not right about what was going on on the pitch because they were balling out everybody frustrated hands throwing hands up in the air at players pushing this player here pushing this player here. he was furiously writing notes most of that first half like he was obviously noting things that he was going to rip the players for at half time um, and so I don't think, as much as I'm annoyed with Ricketts for a lot of things in this game, for that poor first half performance, I think he sent out them out. And I think that we can talk about they should have been more attacking. Should they have not played five at the back? Fine, we'll come to that. But in terms of that formation, those players, they were good enough to have been better than they were, Ollie. So for me, that first half performance falls more on the players than it does on Ricketts in this circumstance. Not so much the second half, yeah. and we'll come to that. But the players yeah. let him down that first half, oh, fine, yeah, in my opinion. And this is what I said at half time. Awful, awful half. Wally needs to come off. Ricketts needs to make some changes or two at half time. Some home truths need to be told. Yep. Embarrassing for the fans that have made the long journey. And we were no more attacking. You know, everyone was like, oh, we're playing Giles more forward now. That'll be a bit more. We were no so we different. Did, we we, we were had no more different. options. Yeah. I would say Ricketts gave the players the opportunity to have more players going forward. In the first five minutes, having that extra attacker meant that when Goldborn got the ball, it wasn't just one striker in a central field he could pass to. There was also Giles as well. Yeah. And that's why, for me, I was quite enthusiastic about the first five minutes because particularly down the left flank with Giles, Goldborn, and one central fielder's coming in, there was a lot more options. And I actually started the game um, you know, really, really quite positive about how we were playing and you know talking about these extra chances, the extra men we're getting forward to this. But then, yeah, I've tweeted, you know, as start of the extra attacker giving Town more options going forward. But then five minutes later, I was saying that Town's passing is something awful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's I tricky. totally agree with you there. You've got to give the players a lot of criticism for the first half. Big time. And I think the Wally was really bad in the first half, but he got better as the game went on. The I don't worst think he was, game, he was one of the worst games I've ever seen. Yeah, it was still overall. terrible, but he was slightly better. Like, his corners in the second half were really good. Like, we should have scored from at least yeah. three of them. And some of his crossing wasn't too bad. Like, there was a little dink where maybe we should have put it across a bit differently. But... But his uh, passing stats, actually, maybe try and find those. Yeah, but I think that you know when you look at Giles, uh, his overall performance, I I think that he started he disappeared. poorly and he got worse as it went on, and it's unfortunate. And that playing in that role, he's either got to be out wide or as a defender or out wide as a winger. He's not got to be in. But in no a, one could get the ball to him. To no, fair, exactly. he didn't get the ball at all in the um, in the second in the second um, in the first or second half. So there we go. And and we talk about going and speaking to people. Uh, we'll wrap this half up in a minute. But we, uh, well, we have wrapped it up now. Obviously, went down to the concourse at half time, and um, we've often mentioned a listener to the podcast who I've, I know for the away supporters who used to play professional football for Hartlepool and was on Towns Books. Andy Davis, Pooley Shrew, a lot of people will know him as. And like you know, you speak to Sam about um, you know goalkeeping in a, in, a, in a sort of a jokey way. But Pooley obviously played professional football, and I hadn't seen him for ages because obviously he lives in Hartlepool and he was down for this game and we sort of bumped into him in his little lad it was nice to catch up with him you know and, and sort of see what's what been going on there was a lot of chat about NFL as I remember um, but we were talking to him about the game as well and he was spitting feathers like he was absolutely livid about the half so it was it did, it did does always make you feel a bit better when someone who knows a bit more about the game was also equally annoyed as was Ricketts so I think everybody associated with the club at the half time was pretty pretty frustrated and angry about that performance and it got better for, for various reasons but again just a very 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 poor first half it was very frustrating let's <laughs> put it Let's move on. Find a new word. Go on. Um, Yeah. So, um, second half, there must have been some home truths because we definitely did start better in the second half. Pierre headed over um, after a good opportunity. And then um, eight minutes um, into the second half, um, Ado scores. So, a scrappy one. Um, Woy had a blocked shot. Um, It fell to Ado, who really calmly slotted into the back of the net. Um, really nice um, finish from him, and yeah, you know, back in the game then, and yeah, all great opportunity to try and um, try and win. 
Um, and then we were given, let's call it, a opportunity or a, the game swung in our direction when Jason Lowe got sent off for a two-footed challenge. Mm-hmm. And what did you think of that live at the game? I saw a lot, and it was a hundred percent a red card, and it was a yeah. straight. It was a straight, red, simple red card you'll ever see. There's not really anything else to say about it. It was horrible two-footed tackle, yeah. wasn't it? And funny enough, you know, when you see a tackle, you think, oh, he's probably had that in him. That was the first ever red card that guy's got in his career. He's played almost three hundred games. It was odd because he, yeah, was, yeah it was, as you said, it was hundred percent a red card. Yeah. Um, and yeah, off he went. And so what we did is we took a centre back volley and we really went for it. Well, <laughs> yes. So in defensive rickets, the game definitely swung into our in our favour, as it would. And the possession. So in total, in the end, we had over five hundred passes, which is a lot. Um, and we had um, a lot of opportunities to score, and we got well, not a lot. We created quite a few opportunities, like three maybe opportunities to score. Massive ones. Now, yeah. is that, and this is a debate we had with Lewis Cox on Twitter, a good half against a team with 10 men for half an hour? I would say no. Nope. So first of all, playing 3-4-3, fine. And we're creating chances. Um, so we had Ebanks headed over from a corner from Wally, as you said. Uh, Wally did to do some really good corners in this in this, in this this second half. Um, Pierre headed, a header was cleared off the line from a Wally corner. But I think it's fair to say that having, you know, we had, we're having trading chances from corners, not creating chances from open play. Um, and for me, this is where I get a bit frustrated because they had a big, uh, bit of a lump up front and we insisted on playing three at the back. It was mad. Why do you need three central defenders to cover for one striker? Especially when, you know, we weren't playing Sheffield United overlapping central defenders. They were sticking back. And then you've got Goldborn and Love, who, bless them, nice, good players, but they're not really that attacking in terms of creating assists. Well, Love has only had one assist all season. And for me, it was crying out for an extra striker. And then we see Cummings warming up. And what did you expect to happen when you saw Cummings getting ready to come on? I thought, that's it. We'll put two up. We'll hit him in a doe and and we'll give it a go. A doe will then come off a fay later on and we'll have two goal scorers in the box because you know we needed goal scorers in the box that's you needed movement yep. you needed passing yep. you know they're sitting really deep and you need that movement someone who can run making space making runs someone who can get the ball and someone who's got a good finish Cummings did well but when he came he on do? yeah he, but what did he do <laughs> he took off a toe and just went like for like which was unbelievable I ballsy believe mate that. <laughs> I couldn't believe that decision was made can you imagine what I was like <laughs> oh, yeah gosh like, I was not yeah. happy um, no <laughs> Go on. So, yeah, <laughs> um, it was a little bit surprising. Um, then we, in terms of chances, there's a love cross, a Lawrence shot was saved, and then Wally followed up and some good chances. Then Wally had a goal rule for offside. He was definitely offside when it hit Lawrence. I, I've got to say, that was annoying because, yeah. and I haven't watched a replay back of this, but on the day, it, it, when, when it looked like it, it looked like Lawrence could have easily tapped that in and he, he wouldn't have been yeah. offside. And Wally comes in and nicks it off his, him. I think he hit his knee or something. Yeah. He fluffed his lines. Yeah. <sighs> And then yeah, then there was that flay, uh, Then there's a Pierre chance. Um, then basically, then um, Faye flicks onto goal after a coming shot. But that wasn't really much of a chance. It's really odd. We created chances, Glenn. But as you said, we created quite a lot of chances from set pieces. And then in extra time, we bring on that second striker. <laughs> well, you know, at that point in time, you make that substitute to take a bit of time out of the game and play for the draw, Ollie. Um, so I think Ricketts was right to do that. <laughs> That was, I think, I genuinely. That think... was your, that was your, that was your conclusion from that thing. <laughs> that, that was my conclusion is that it, at that point he didn't want to lose. Striker in extra time, like what's he gonna? It's not really giving him a chance, and no. I just, I just, I'm just, I just don't understand. I reckon he only why... did it because he knew he'd get shouted out by town fans if he didn't do it, so he could say, "Well, I did go well, for it." Well, that's what I, It's just odd. So 
I don't know. Let's just kind of let's wrap up a bit of this game and let's have a discussion about where we are, um, because I think there's lots of different points about kind of where town are. So um, in terms of um, in terms of top three, this was a real struggle. Who did you go for? Mm, yes, it was a real struggle. Um, I went for Ebanks. It's difficult. Like no one really stood out in this one. One of one of those difficult no. ones to pick to me. I went for Ebanks. Uh, he was just really good throughout the whole game. Was in the defensive role. You know they didn't do much attacking, but he mopped up everything really well. Um, and actually, at times he was the one that was getting out him and Pierre more than Williams, which was mad because I'd have thought that was Williams' job. But anyway, I thought it was really good, so I went for him. Um, and then I went for Pierre in third again. Just for those two centre backs, they're just consistently good each week. In between the second place, I went for a doe. He scored obviously, which was fantastic. His overall level of performance was a bit more energetic than we've seen from Faye in recent weeks, I would say, which was um, an interesting comparison. And he did try to keep things going and, and was lively most of the game, but um, he, he did tie towards that end of that spell and he was he was rightly substituted. But he had a decent shift. There was a lot of them. You were so bad first half, I wouldn't even consider him. So I went for a doe second and Pierre third. I went for a doe first. Mm. Um, I went for Norburn second just because there was no one else. And then Pierre third. <laughs> Both of them. Like Pierre did all right, to be fair. Um, didn't really do anything wrong. No, um, Norburn did try quite hard, I guess. Um, but in terms of picking players, it was really, really tough um, was, to pick a top three. One of the was, hardest this season. Yeah, there was a lot of people around us talking about Norburn, and and one of the other frustrations in that second half for me was that it took on Norburn literally ten minutes after we had after they had that red card before he gave his head a wobble and realised he didn't need to keep going back to centre backs to get the ball and bring it forward. He needed to be more attacking. He needed to get forward. That's why it was such a slow, you know, change to the game once we got against Tim and he, he, he didn't get out enough for me and then when he did he actually looked impressive Ollie. you know he yeah. found some space he was the one that there was the fulcrum he was doing the pass around the edge of the box you know he looked like he might be the one to unlock it but the frustration was he would never play that forward ball that was into the box it was always right one way or left one way it was always sideways passing and it was it was never it, I don't recall again I, I'd had a few to drink but I don't recall anything that was too incisive or played directly into someone's feet no. in the box well he only had one striker to go for as well yeah well he should be able to do he's, that though yeah he should be but there wasn't but why I just don't understand why there wasn't that second striker no um, but so what did Rickick say a little bit of mix of emotions because I thought we started the game well within five minutes and we should have been up a couple really but then we fell away um, we were our own worst enemy in the first half we couldn't drink two or three passes together as soon as we did we looked a far better team um, that's kind of for me my summary of the Rotherham game why we didn't do that and we, when we did actually do that we looked better but we didn't try very often mm. which is odd we can get back into the game at one or then it's a case of pushing on and doing the same over and again some really pleasing aspects especially late on but we just didn't get the goal Keeper made two unbelievable saves at the end um, and we had another cleared off the line our shots just whistled past the post you're kind of happy with a point but we came here for three yep I, I couldn't you know I think there was something where someone had tweeted that he'd said he was he was all right with a point, which I... Uh, yeah, I, I tweeted as well. Uh, he did say... It was like bollocks, we're, mate. We're kind of happy with a point. Um, um, be care- no. be very careful. It's, it's, it's swerve of the line of acceptable, that one. But, uh, I mean, we didn't lose. And that's Ricketts' main mantra, isn't it? You know, let's get the points away from him and win the home games. That's fine if you win the home games. Obviously, on Boxing Day, we didn't. So, it leaves you open to more criticism. Um... But but overall, after that game, I thought it's worth just running through this really because we're going to talk about where town are at the moment, aren't we? In in terms of, you know, what 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 you think after these last four games really it shows us. And and just on this game before we close it off, right? There's there's loads of you know town fans on Twitter and lots of positive ones, lots of half cup half full, cup half empty. But this is a range of tweets that I had off town fans who most of the time are reasonably positive people. But I had one off Ed Crane. It said town have sat back and been complacent all game. 
Utterly disgusting performance. Bolton well deserved the point considering they only finished with 10 men. DPM Steve, 20 shots through on target, says it all. And Martin said, simply not inventive or good enough. And this was emphasised even more when we were up against only 10 men. Tom Kirby, why so late for that change? Commentators both lamented that it had been due for 15 minutes previous. Um, and, and then and it just went on and on, like loads of people. Um, it just stinking result. Nathan Roden, serious questions should be asked about the defensive nature in games like this and positions like that. I don't know. We need to get someone to ask them. So, you know, I've been angry about this game uh, and we taken away all the context at the moment. We'll come to the context in a minute. But I think that looking at some of the social media reaction, talking to fans on the train on the way home, people were pretty disgusted with that performance. Yeah, so let's let's look at the last four games. Mm. So we beat Coventry two one, um, and that, for me, that was one of the best moments this year. Generally, absolutely yeah, fantastic it was a to get a goal, to win that goal, win ninetieth minute. We won two one against Coventry. Really, really good result. Coventry, a really, really good team. We had forty five percent possession at home, and we had four shots on target in the whole game. You go to Blackpool. Fair enough. Blackpool, a really, really good side. Defensive performance away from home, we can accept that. I think everyone would agree. Going away from home, playing counter-attacking football, it worked. We got the penalty. Everyone was really ecstatic. Results. So two games, two results, happy as pie. Yep. And you're happy and your your emotion and your position and your view of the manager is all oh, it's fine because we're winning games. Rotherham at home, boxing day. Big big crowd. Yep. Lot of how do you call them? Fans that I don't want to call them fair weather fans. It's Floating fair, fans. But, yeah, but kind of like yeah, fans that go for ten games a season, yep. you know, can be enticed to go to more. Damn right. We play defensive football. How many shots did we have at home against Rotherham on Christmas on Boxing Day? Three. Yeah, exactly. We had three shots on target <laughs> at home against Rotherham on Boxing Day. We were playing against a team which has an average height of something like six foot seven. They are a unit of a team. We passed the ball on in terms of attacking play couple of times and when we did we completely broke them apart like remember there's one attack where Goldburn put the ball into the box and we passed the ball and we completely completely blew them away why and then another the reason I made that point in the first half in, sorry in the game for the Rotherham we brought Giles on on 79 minutes so he's playing against a team which is basically a bunch of trees and we bring our fast attacking left-sided player on on the 79 minutes we gave him 10 minutes okay 17 with the weird extra time but we gave him you know only 10 minutes of normal time left to make the game why was that decision and why was the decision not to bring on a second striker against a 10-man opposition why are those decisions being made Glenn? well there's only one person who knows the answer to that isn't there and and it's Sam so, Ricketts so and what my, my, think, my decision what's well, your... it's obvious he is utterly risk averse as a manager and you know we, we can look at the positive results and us nicking a game 1-0 and it working out fine but even in those wins he's still totally risk averse Ollie. it's not like we've got many of these wins where he's gone hell for leather I can only think of a few like Accrington away where bizarrely he he, he did go for it didn't he, he took, a, took a defender off put Faye and Ado on and we absolutely blow Accrington away who were one of the best teams in this division but but he never learns anything from that we just we stick to the same plan and they are well drilled in it and it will get us the odd win 1-0 here and there against good teams that's fine but Ricketts' current level of being risk averse is the glass ceiling to this season I'm totally convinced of it and unless he finds a way to break through how how afraid he is of going for a game like that Bolton game against 10 men or maybe playing more attacking against a Rotherham team at home if he can't find a way through that we'll finish 11th this season everyone will probably be alright with it if he finds a way through his, his risk averse nature there is definitely more to come from this season but I, I can see the cap on it is how we're currently playing I, 
And even when we're winning, you can still see it, I think. And I think, to park one thing to the side, are we pleased with where we are in the league? Yes, yeah, we are. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. We are really pleased. Are we, are we pleased we're not in a relegation fight? Yes, we are. Has the recruitment been really good? Yes. Has there been some positive moments? Yes. We're not saying that we should get rid of the manager or God anything no. like that. No, 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 what no. What no. we're frustrated with is when you're playing against, it's not us being more attacking and having a bit more risk and playing more attacking style of play. Like we started the season with three central defenders and a defence midfielder. I couldn't believe we were playing that defensively. <laughs> and now we're playing against a Bolton team, which, let's be say, in the context of the game, they were they were there for the taking. BBC Shropshire was saying it, you were saying it, Andy Davis was saying it, the fans um, on, tw- on the game and fans all um, um, on Twitter were all been saying that was a game we could have we could have won. And we created most of our chances from set pieces, not from attacking play, not from open play. No. And bringing on a second striker in extra time and only bringing Giles on on 79 minutes for me is two really good pieces of examples where we can prove show that we're being too, being too cautious. We're playing against Bolton. Why not go for it? Yeah. We could have got the three points there. Tranmere away. We were, only, we were playing against 10 men for a large period of time again. And again, we played with the same three at the back yep. when we didn't need to. Tramway, there was no way Tramway yeah. were going to score. And luckily, we got a 1-0 win. Mm-hmm. But I just, I just, it's really frustrating. And yes, there is the context that we're doing fine and we're doing well. And we've got to be pleased that you know, we're mid-table. We're not in a relegation fight. But in the context of each, in some of these individual games and moments... The conservatism is too much, yeah. And we should be a little bit more, a little bit more, um, you know, attacking. Why wasn't why 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 didn't we bring? I don't know, take Giles off. He wasn't having a particularly good game. Why are the subs always so late? I don't know. It's just a bit frustrating. It is, uh, but overall, as I say, I think I think you code it. I won't say too much more there. I think yeah, we're happy with where we are this season, but it depends on whether your glass is half full or, or what you want out of your football team do you want to just watch this football like this for the rest of the season and finish 11 which is a really be... interesting point actually you remind me of something so I was, I was chatting to Sam Morris and hopefully you won't mind me saying it I said you know are you going to Bristol City because no I'm not it's too boring he said he'll only go like to the games where there's a bit of a, an, a bit of an outing for the day he'll probably sure go to like Blues away and I'm oh, sorry um, Coventry away at Blues he said he'll only go to a game where there's a bit of a you know an opportunity to have a bit of a day out Mm. He won't go to Bristol City because it's too boring. Yeah, I've seen a few things like that on Twitter where people saying that they won't go because of the style of play. I think it's a bit harsh on Ricketts, you know, because he's been getting enough results. Yeah, but to... the style of play is boring. It is boring. We're not. Nothing's changed over Christmas in terms of two wins and a draw and a loss. You know, the, the football's not been pulse racing for all four of those games, and it'll work enough to keep us up, Ollie, and that'll be fine. And we will look to see what we build at. But even Ricketts said, as you said in his post-match interview, I don't know if you covered that in his comment, I, I can't remember what he said now, but he was talking in the press interview, I think with Lewis Cox, about how he knows that the next step for this team is we've done defensive stuff now, that's all fine. He knows the next job for this team is to go and get better in the attacking positions. And, you know, he's not. we're not going to get anywhere near Sam Ricketts getting called to go, and I won't be calling for it because no. if he keeps us where we are, it's fine. But... Next season, but we're four points away from fourth. We're four points away from fourth. Yeah, we've still got a massive Ipswich, chance. You've got thirty-six points. We've got thirty-one. Yep. And I don't know. It's just it's a weird you know, season. I'd be happy, you know, just a, just as a few games. Sometimes, yeah, Bolton away. Sorry, Bolton away. Blackpool away. Fair enough. Play defensive counter-attacking football. Oxford away. Do the same. That's fine. Yep. Yep. You know, don't you know when we're playing Coventry at home? Okay, have a you know, be fairly cautious at times. But sometimes there's just games where there's opportunities and we're not taking it. And yeah, if we're gonna, if Ricketts is going to take us forward, and if we have aspirations to get into the championship, 
we need to be a lot more attacking. Yeah, no, no. Anyone listening to this podcast will know that the annoyed reaction we have to this bottom game is not the common theme. We were very positive about those away draws that we got at some of the, the last some of the podcast we did. We were well massively, different. yeah, and and we were really positive about those results. That's you know, not even when we win in this season, when we've gone away and drawn at some of the teams and we played like that, I'd be more than happy. Like the Blackpool result, for example. So it is. This is you know this this it's it's. Maybe time to take a breather before, you know, the FA Cup game comes at a good time, doesn't it? That's the, the distraction as we usually get at this time of year and, you know, it'd be nice to see us progress in that. But coming back to the Lincoln game, that's more of an acid test now of whether Ricketts is going to try. What's he going to do? He wants to take this team forward now. He he thinks the defence is sorted. He now wants to make us score more goals. He's on the same page as everyone, Ollie. He's not saying things that are different to town fans. We all want to see the same thing. It's but he's now, saying that, but why didn't he bring a second striker well, exactly. on? I'm repeating myself. Yeah, I but. agree, but we can't answer that. And maybe he's just saying it, and he won't this season. He'll keep doing what he's doing because it's getting him where he needs to go. But for me now, I'm starting to want to see it. I'm starting to want to see his transition from the start of this first six months here, this season. Get your transfer window out of the way. I'm happy to just see how things progress through there. Get a couple of players in you think might make a difference. And I want to start seeing into February and March how he transitions this team to being a bit more attacking. I'm not going to really complain about results in that period. I want to see now what he thinks he can do in, in that period to make it more entertaining, exciting and, and score goals. We, we have such a bad goal scoring record compared to every League One season we've had since we came up under Turner. It's not even funny. We just are not scoring goals. It's worse than Askey now. I mean, Askey didn't have this many games, but goals per game, it's the worst. And um, that's what we want to see as fans. We want to be entertained as well. It's it's, it's interesting. When we did the thing on Radio Shropshire, I'll leave this now and we'll move on, but the, the guys were talking about all this. And, and, they, and, and I like Mark and I, and I like Lewis as well. We really get on with them. They're both proper nice guys. But... It, when you're paying and you're travelling all the way to Bolton on the train and it's a terrible away game, you you can't get in any pubs around Bolton, the bloody northern trains get delayed there and, and they get delayed on the way back and you've got to sometimes factor into how fans will feel about a result like that because you've had the added cost, delay, uh, inconvenience of some of the ways of trying to support the team you love and yeah, to me, it's probably niggled me more <laughs> than it probably would someone that was going and watching in the press. So I think yeah. that we'll probably be more angry in our reactions to this. And, and the, the angry reaction I'm reading off other fans I met on the day and people were spitting feathers on the train on the way back, Ollie. It wasn't even funny. And Oh, no, yeah. it's, it's very frustrating. And interesting, just in terms of backing up your point about goals. So um, Bolton Wanderers have only scored 15 goals a season. Um, we've got 21. South End, so you, I'm sure you've seen the correspondence from the South End fans. They're, they call this as the worst team they've ever had in yep. the history of their football club. They have scored five more goals than us. <laughs> Yeah, but they've let a lot more in, haven't they? <laughs> Tramley Rovers, who are a pretty terrible side, have scored five more goals than us. Mm. It's not great, Ollie. We, we, no. We're going over old ground again here, and, yeah. and this isn't going to change. It's, it's Ricketts' time to start to show us how he thinks he can change that. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm so, at with it. Let's but have he a look forward but I'm to, all right with him. Yeah, let's have a look forward to the January transfer window. Good Leslie crossed to the back post. Whited heads it clear. May fall for McIntyre. Lex to get the shot in! And it's Chris Bright who got the header onto it! So, January transfer window... So, obviously, today is the 30th of December mm. and the January transfer window will soon be open. Um, so, I think it's, I think we'd all agree um, that we don't need wholesale changes in January, which is, makes a nice, refreshing change. And Ricky so said if, that, Ollie. He said he's, yeah. not, he's, he's trimming the squad, so we ain't going to see much. No, and that's not surprising. No. You know, we don't yeah. think that's necessary. So, um, in kind of preparation of this poll, um, I did a poll just a few hours before the podcast um, we've recorded. Um, we've got a good number of result votes. Votes We've got 175, which is not a bad number. Um, and um, 69% of fans said that they, we would want a forward 
um, 29% said midfielder and 2% said a defender. But the overwhelming majority of fans think that we need a striker. Uh, what do you think, Glenn? Yeah, I, I voted for striker. I mean, it's clear to me that we, we need a target man. I think that's all we need in terms of striking striking role. I think Cummins, Faye and Ado gives you enough options and different types of striking ability and, and different types of players that I think we're fine. I just think you need that target man option if you're gonna keep if he's yeah. gonna keep playing like this, it's so bloody obvious that we miss a Steve Morrison type and any he, yeah. he helped screw us over this early part of the season. So That'll obviously happen. Someone will come in. Colton Morris, man, putting Colton Morris in this team, yep. I think would be fantastic. Because Wait. I think it's worth just saying the strikers are not missing chances. They're not they're, creating, but I think having... They're not. No. And a really good tweet from Robin Hood True, and he said, somebody who knows where the back of the net is, a clinical striker, but he did kind of moan that everyone's looking for the same. And then Gav Gav um, said, a striker who can hold the ball up when playing one up front and bring others in play I." a Colton Morris starter player. Now, um, Chris Hudson did make a good point that Callum Lang is coming back. Yep, yep. And that would be a really, really good addition. Interestingly, Andy Davis, poorly Shrew, did question why do we need another striker when we only play one? But maybe having that Colton Morris type would allow us um, to play a different style. And I think I think this team would benefit massively from having a big target man. Yeah, it's a big miss. There can't be many teams that go and carry a, a team throughout the season without a big target man. And the shop is a target man of a, of a role, but he's not the one. And and he should, he'll probably be out the door in January, I suspect. So yeah. if you're getting rid of the shop, you can carry another striker back in. I think that makes more sense to me. Um, I would like to see, in an ideal world, if we had the money, go out and get a, a John Nolan type player. I don't see it. They're very hard to come by at this level. Yeah. And we've got which, too many um, midfielders. Kieran, Kieran Gregory said he'd love a goal scorer midfielder play playmaker. Um, he said Edwards and Wally aren't scoring enough at the moment, which I think is a fair criticism. I, I, you know, they haven't scored a lot of goals this season, and yeah, someone else to kind of bang some goals in. Um, but I think it'd be interesting to see how style of play would change if we had mm. a target man. So some people would hate this, but I, I would happily cash in Ollie Norburn and use most of that money to buy that player we're missing in a 10 or a, or a slightly more advanced attacking midfield role. Do we have to loan a player, you think, to get a player possibly, of that calibre? Possibly. Um, or you sell Norburn for 600k and you've got a reasonable chance of getting someone half-decent because I, I, I think he's a good player and he probably will go on to do better, but... Really, we could probably get away without him. You know, he missed that game the other week, and we were we were pretty decent without him with Laurent and, and Goss as well. Possibly Thompson. Goss, Walker, Thompson. That's probably enough. And and that other I, guy we signed, what's his name? Fane. We've got to take some value out of some of these players before we lose them all in the summer. I know Norman maybe has another year left. I'm not too sure actually. But we signed a they, new contract, didn't he? He did, didn't he? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So maybe he's not the one. But there are a few out of contract that you, you might be tempted to cash in. Faye. If a bit of money came in for Faye and he's out of contract in the summer, I'd, I'd be taking it, to be honest with you. Because, again, you've got a few strikers in there that you could probably live without Faye. Pretty mercenary, but it's my football club. I'd like us to cash in for four or five hundred grand on a, a couple of players over January if that opportunity is there. I think that that keeps this momentum we've got in League One going, you know, and we don't want to be losing players for nothing. So that, that's an interesting one for me in terms of the outgoings as well. Yeah, I think I think we need definitely need that striker. How we do it, I'm not sure. But yeah, I'm sure there'll be, I'm not sure there'll be that many bids for Faye. <laughs> this, bless him, he no, hasn't not scored many goals. Either. But he just Shame. doesn't have that many chances, so no. got to give him then give him. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's tough being a striker playing for shoes. We must be quite frustrating. <laughs> it always has been. Um, that's fine, but yeah, other than that, I mean, I, I I don't know. You're just tinkering around the edge with players. Then we'll probably send a yeah. couple of the loans back. You know, McCormick doesn't need to be here. Does he want to bring someone else? Any fancies? Um, the only rumor I heard comically, and I can't remember. I don't think I mentioned this last podcast on Boxing Day was Will Griggs at a favourite Sunderland. I was like, he's been, it's been sold five million pounds at one point. Talking the devil, no Sunderland chance. have just been um, Sunderland have been um, 
put up for sale, so maybe their assets are for sale as well. But oh. yeah, I think Will Greig would cost a lot of money, a lot more than seven hundred k. Unless Roland's had a very good Christmas with his presents and maybe he's got a few vouchers. <laughs> I can't quite see that one happening. It's not so going to happen, is it? Well, Keith Hill probably thinks we're in the market for him, though. So, you know, there we go. Um, let's leave the transfer window there. We'll revisit yeah. it um, because we're, by the we time will. we do the next podcast, it'll only be a few days in January and we can have a rethink there. But um, we'll just go predictions and wrap this up, really, because yeah. we're both wrong. I went for a 1-1 draw against Rotherham and you went for us to win 2-1. Obviously, we lost 2-1, yeah. so not ideal. No points for anyone. And we're going to have our next prediction game. So obviously we've got no New Year's Day game to cover, so we won't be covering Sad, that. because of Bolsbury. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the next game is is Bristol City on the 4th of January, away in the FA Cup. So, um, At what time, Glenn? So it's 12.31, which is a bit odd. The 12.30 is for international TV coverage. Weird. And the one minute is for one of the FL mental health charity um, awareness things. So a bit of an odd time to be kicking off. And I can't actually make this game, Ollie, which is uh, no? weird because I've been to so many games recently. Um for my birthday, I got some uh, tickets to see a show in, well, not a show, a comedy show in London. So I'm oh, away, okay. uh, I think, from the 1st to the 4th in Jan- of January in London. So I'm going to have a Are nice trip You're going to survive away. without watching Shrewd Italian and being bored I think I'll be okay. I'm quite, I'm, this is going to sound a bit... I love this football club and I love football, but I haven't had a break from it for quite a while now because I've been constantly going to games since the summer. So there being no New Year's Day game and then missing the FA Cup game. I, and I love the FA Cup. I wouldn't normally miss it, but I, I can live with missing one game and having a nice little week break from football for a bit and come back refreshed for Lincoln at home. Um, so I'll be so, I'll be watching it or I'll be... I don't know. Well, I won't be able to watch it. I'll, I'll be tracking it on my phone um, whilst we're yomping around London. Um, I'm not really confident about this, Ollie. Bristol City, I watched them versus Sheffield Wednesday the other night on telly, I think it was. Might yeah, we both watched that. They we were, were pretty, pretty other, solid. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a decent um, championship outfit, that's fair to say. They certainly are, yes. And if they play anywhere near their proper players um, and we play it with five at the back and try and be hard to break down, they'll probably break us down and they'll probably win and it'll be tight. I'll go... Oh, we won't score. 2-0, I'll go 2-0 to their to Bristol Rovers City. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 um, to, to mm. Bristol City um, out of the FA Cup, um, which is a shame um, you know, I, you know, I was quite critical of the FA Cup when you're in a relegation battle, but you know, we're not going to go down this season. Touchwood, no. Um, and a bit of an FA Cup run would um, would be a bit a bit of joy, um, but unfortunately, I can't see it happening against Bristol City. If we doesn't, obviously, we'll be absolutely ecstatic, uh, but I just can't see it happening. Unfortunately, the, the only thing to hang our hat on with this is that Sam Ricketts is very, very good at managing Shrewsbury in the FA Cup. You have to say that he, he is a good manager of the FA Cup ties. You know the tactics that he plays lend themselves to a one-off game where you can you can try and nick it. And you know you look at the results at Stoke, you look at the results against Wolves, um, you look at the results we've had so far this season where we've, we've managed to get through to the, to the third round. He's got a decent record in the FA Cup, so there there is that. He, he might have the the you know the, that sort of um, lucky streak in the FA Cup, and and we can we can put our hat down on that, but. Yeah, I won't be there. I'm sure you will be, Ollie, um, and, and and you'll be bringing us the details, no doubt. Yeah, and hopefully it'll be nice to be having had a guest on for a while, so let's try and get yes. a guest on yeah. as well. Yes, I think we will definitely get one on for that, and, and possibly a new voice. And and I will finish this podcast off, Ollie, by saying, and I mentioned it previously, but Bolton is an awful away game, an awful away game if you go. Like, we went to Manchester on the train, and everybody who was a town fan on that first train out of we all stopped in Manchester, because there's nothing to do around Bolton's ground. It's miles from any pubs. Um, there's like pub there's like a harvester and another little bar there but you can only get in if you've got a postcode from Bolton and you can prove it um, and the train station's a bit of a walk and it, just the whole bloody experience of going to Bolton as an away day was crap and um, yeah I had a really really good day with my mates we had loads of drinks we were talking about this everyone was asking about the podcast and Dave Edwards and it was spoiled by the two hours of football <laughs> that we actually went for but we, we got our chins up on the way home and we had a laugh as well but that, that just seems to be the way that most away days I've done on the train with my mates recently have been ruined by the football. Ipswich, 
Burton away a couple of years ago when we lost, well, last season we lost 2-1, I think it was. You know, Walsall generally <laughs> just always gets wrecked by the football. But when you've got good friends, it's always worth a day out, I think, Ollie. So, yeah, that brings us to a close, I think. I've just yep, brought my Bristol stuff. City ticket. So, oh, nice one. Uh, there you ready go. to go to that. And yeah, hopefully we can get a guest on. So, um, I just first to say kind of big thanks to everyone for listening um, to us to yeah. rabbit on on a Sunday or today <laughs> a Monday. Um, yeah, we've this is our, um, I think it's our 49th podcast of the year. Pretty um, good. We've had close to. And close to 40,000 listens. Um, so, you know, we get listened to all over the world. Um, yeah, from Samoa to USA, Spain, Sweden. Um, the list is very, very long. Um, and just big thanks to everyone for listening and, and kind of sharing messages with us. It's It's been a lot of fun doing the podcast, even if the football has not always been amazing. No, I think that's a really nice place to end it for our last podcast, 2019, Ollie, and, and an appreciation of everyone that listens and good stuff. Well, thank you to everyone for listening in 2019. And, and we are not... Year. We are not going anywhere anytime soon, are we, Ollie? And um, yeah, enjoy New Year and don't drink too much. And we will, we'll, Ollie, we'll see you in Bristol and I will see you for the Lincoln game. So um, catch you next week. Oh!